Hey, Deb. Hey there. How's it going? My, how are you? I'm good. Busy. <laughs> yeah. I thought it would actually be kind of slow, um, being that, you know, it's just kind of Thanksgiving, but no, it's a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, did you have a good Thanksgiving? Um, yes, I actually cooked, and but I cooked roast beef, and um and yeah, just kind of kept it on the low, and um, yeah, what about you guys? Uh, I just kind of hung around the house, I did some editing, and then we went to the neighbors. The uh, The surgery has really been messing with me. More, I have been letting it really slow me down. Oh, no. <laughs> it is like my motivation has been horrible, and like, yeah. I don't know if I told you I got an infection in the surgery site, and it's, like, just draining me. No, I had no idea. Yep. <laughs> wow. You Indeed. just don't expect that to happen, I guess. You would, you know what I mean? Yeah, I thought it was going to be a much easier recovery than it has been, and... uh I have not been dealing with it. Probably, I mean, I, I've been maintaining, obviously, but I wish I got more done during the last two weeks. Sure. Yeah, as of tomorrow, it'll be two weeks from the surgery. Oh, wow. Oh, my so, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In a sense. So, yeah, I got a new client this morning. Did you? Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. So now I've got to um, manage my time more than ever because it'll be a lot of content I'm going to have to create because I don't really have any. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So well, let's start with a quote. Yeah. Anything you build on a large scale or with intense passion invites chaos. Um, say it again. Anything you build on a large scale or with intense passion invites chaos. Oh, yeah. I could agree to that. So that was by Francis Ford Coppola. He was award-winning director, best known for The Godfather. Oh, I never saw that movie. The Godfather? I don't remember if I've seen it or not. <laughs> I think I've so, seen pieces of it. What made that um, quote? Yeah. Um, I think it's just interesting, like, thinking about when trying to build things that are not necessarily being done in Bozeman, like we've had conversations about the uh, influencer marketing kind of agency type thing that we want to do <laughs> and it just seems like there's going to be a lot of I guarantee it's going to be a lot of like hiccups because it's not been done and same when like I've worked in the cannabis industry it's been chaos because 
you're doing something that isn't been done and usually people go into those things with passion so i don't know just kind of stood out to me gotcha there was uh, another quote that really stood out to me too that was one distraction i've learned to avoid is consuming media that's just telling me things i already know and agree with yeah that makes sense that one was by Julia Gaelic. But that was interesting because like, I, I feel like a lot of people get slowed down by continuing to watch things that they already know. Or like sometimes I'll watch Gary Vee and I'll be like, I didn't learn anything. It was just validation of things I already Yeah, know. that makes sense. And, and it it's almost more of a waste and I think seeking validation is not a good trait I've noticed like with my son when he's talking to uh, his friends sometimes or, like they're, they'll be playing something and he'll keep saying like he'll repeat the same thing waiting for them to acknowledge what he said like that's a bad move right and then he'll wait and he'll be like right and then he'll wait and then he'll say, right. And I don't know if that's necessarily healthy. Like, it shouldn't matter what other people think. Right. Like, it should be, you should be, uh, you should make choices and be confident with your choices because you made them regardless. <laughs> Good or bad, you made the right. choice. And I think, like, watching somebody like Gary Vee or watching things that you, already agree with or already believe in in search for validation is probably not healthy either right it is just clearly a distraction it's not yeah because most of those people that are sought after for their their insights like gary v they they themselves never i mean usually they take their own advice a lot of people don't take their own advice but people like that tend to take their own advice Right. And that's kind of, they're kind of proof of, you know, what can become of that. So, yeah, I just thought that was a good quote, too, because it was, Mm -hmm. uh, it's one that I should probably be more cognizant of is just like, do I really need to, like, I watched the Gary Vee video earlier today on the cannabis industry and really everything you said I kind of already knew mm-hmm. and and totally understand like you were saying something about you should be thinking of you know uh, you should be instead of advertising you should be a media company which is like totally where I don't know if I ever explained to you how I came up with bliss did I ever I think you did like but... it was originally can of bliss because I wanted to start a a dispensary but then it's just totally evolved from there and that's why it's bliss but I mean I've been thinking about it because when I created bliss the was when Montana decided to go backwards and they shut down medical marijuana and so then I decided well if I can't create a dispensary at the moment I can just create a media company which is going to you know like if you have 
fans, you can pretty much sell anything that speaks to that demographic as mm. long as it's you're not like ripping them off or s- screwing them over. If you're selling them something that they need or really want, you can sell them anything if you have the fan base. So I decided to start Bliss and go backwards, <laughs> create sure. the the media company before the business yeah so that was kind of like so listening to him he was like you should have been it was a speech or a uh, um, speaking event and he was like you should have been thinking of a podcast yesterday it's just like I did (laughs) I want to do the uh the how to be productive with cannabis and i tried it with jeff and it just didn't quite work out and we need i still want to and got me it did get me thinking about it today um i need to figure out a better system for creating all of my content and how to keep it functioning yeah that's half my struggle is I need sufficient time to work on the back end of my business that includes my own marketing my organizing and that is the biggest struggle right now is allotting that time frame um, to do that because unless it's like a holiday I ended up I actually worked on um well a little bit but I I mean I pretty much worked this whole weekend and it was just like trying to catch up but that's you know eventually that there needs to be time that I'm the weekend would be nice to work on myself but yeah so I just started a book called the four-hour work week and it's the audio tape but I really think that it's something that you should check out um, because what it is about is it's how to create a business and how it, it's it's all about lifestyle design, basically. So creating businesses and creating a life that you can do the things that you want to do now. So one thing that I know both of us have talked about, and you have said that you want to travel, but you're kind of waiting on when we have yeah, money. Or, you know, there's a lot of variables yeah. in not being able to travel. And I think what it talks about in the book is like building a lifestyle that allows you to do the things you want to do right now because it's your prime years. Like what happens, most people are waiting for them to retire. And what happens is now you want to go hike these mountains or travel the world and you're an old person. You can't do anything. You know, like three quarters of your life is already gone because you've slaved away. And so I'm not very far in it, and I've heard from multiple people that it's, like, a life-changing book. And so I'm, like, taking the effort to to really um, pay attention to it. And I'm going to even, like, take notes as I'm listening to it so that I'm not just, like, cooking and mindlessly listening. I want to really retain the information because if I could – it's basically like teaching you millions of dollars isn't going to make you a million like it's teaching you how to live like a millionaire as opposed to striving for millions and millions of dollars Mm -hmm. he's like talks about how he's 
been with a lot of millionaires who are miserable and you know like their health sucks they're they have a lot of money but really no life yeah so that's scary yeah (laughs) it was interesting how like the just even the the beginning of it so far is is very true like i don't want to i'm not i don't want to strive for money like i I want to be able to go and do the things i want to do i want the freedom and that's kind of what this is helping you with so yeah four hour work week you should uh write that write that one down but i'll let you know how i what I learned from it and mm-hmm. hopefully I can show what I learned from it as yeah. opposed to telling. Yeah, it's funny. Um I was over Thanksgiving I watched the show on Netflix called The Eighties. And um it really was talking about in the beginning television and how television shaped really like Americans um talking about topics for the first time to a national audience that topics that were usually you know hush hush and and that people were uncomfortable talking about and it's really interesting little documentary but what was funny is and relatable to today is at one point they showed a news clip and the news anchor was talking about how tv has you know exploded and this is how many tvs are in a you know an american home and it was almost like they were scared, like they were scared that TV was going to like take over and, and, you know, the next generation was just set up for failure because everyone was glued to their TVs. Um, and it sounded exactly like how everyone talks about social media. So I kind of laughed because I was like, how funny, like back then they thought TV was going to ruin the world. At some point in time, there was just so many, like so many more television stations popping up. And well, people were so engaged that that they were consuming all their time, you know, eating in front of the TV and all this. And um, it just sounded like exactly like how people describe social media right now. It well, was really interesting. Also, um, the way that video games are described, because I had so over the, the holiday, I did went down the Internet rabbit hole of because Creasy is like obsessed with Fortnite, like very very obsessed with Fortnite, and i was just looking it up and and i kind of understand so so there there are video game addiction rehab centers popping up in america wow and the like things that they start to talk about i'm like yeah that's totally crazy but the thing is is what people fail to realize is if somebody so let's say sports football for example football if somebody was very very passionate and obsessed with playing football over and just practicing it and doing it and doing it because they want to be a professional football player what would would we have the same reaction would we say you need to go to a rehab facility yeah probably not and the thing is is like there are legitimately professional video game players now and 
they just over the weekend Fortnite because it's making so much money Fortnite hosted a tournament and the winner of the tournament gets a million dollars wow a million dollars so it's and you just think about it like every generation or every time in society we had some sort of game or some sort of thing that everybody likes to watch and football was you know the one of the things there's gladiators back in the day you now have football and basketball different sports like people are addicted football fans are fucked up sometimes like they have riots even when their team wins you can't tell me that that's a healthy addiction Right. People lose money betting on sports things. So all of it is unhealthy, I feel. And the difference is, is we just want to say that video games are are way worse. So my whole goal with him is like trying to teach him. I don't want to say it's like bad. It's bad. It's bad. Because then it's just this unhealthy fear. And it it. It's like he'll gravitate more towards the unhealthy side of it rather than what I'm trying to do is teach him like as long as it's not interfering with the things that you should be doing. So there's like his health, his, um, you know, connections with other people. If as long as it's not interfering with those types of things, then it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be that. I mean, think about the people who, the, the like they say, Michael Jordan was really good at what he did because he obsessed over it. All the people who are successful in what they got really good at it because they obsessed over it. Now, right. if I were to say, like, dude, you are, this is dangerous. I'm going to cut your time off because you're obsessed over it. Like, I could potentially be interfering with him becoming a professional video game player. Right. And it's weird to say, but like there are people making millions and millions of dollars playing video games. Yeah. It's really, it's really crazy. I I mean, it's always, someone's always been paid to test video games, but I think it definitely is more, um, more common and, and, actually i mean kids watch other people play games on youtube like they don't do anything other than just watching them play games so if you have somebody that's really good at it of course you're gonna want to watch it i play i spent the weekend playing it with him and it was like i got i understood immediately why it was so like you get so entrapped i get it there's a lot of you know adrenaline and risk and uh, it just you you get this there's a time limit like i i understand they have completely figured out how to make somebody be entertained by it i get it but the yeah. thing is is like that means that an entire generation of kids are going to be into it and it's already too late like everybody's like we need to fight against it the is the war on drugs working? Right. No, it's not. So how do you figure out how to manage it? Like, it, it just, I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, 
um, everything, even social media, you know, it's created a job for me. So it's like, it's hard to see it as a negative when, um, it's hard to see it as a negative when, when you're using it for positive. (laughs) So there's, there's always a positive way, like you said, just have a healthy lifestyle around it. Right. And I think it really comes down to self-awareness. Like if you can self going on in your life and whether or not, like there have been plenty of times last year, I did a 30 day social media blackout because I understood it was not having a healthy effect on me. Well, it was more of an experiment, but I mean, I could see at that point, like, wow, how much my time is wasted doing these, you know, like scrolling and stuff like that. Even recently, I decided I'm going to attempt to try to spend less time on social media at all, like post from, I still will post, but um, I'm going to post from like a third party or or something i'll try to try to post i'll do my best to reply to people um, maybe like set an hour or something in the day and spend that hour doing doing it but i really want to avoid just going and scrolling Mm -hmm. and the whole comparing thing that ends up happening like oh that person has that amazing camera or you know whatever stupid yeah. shit yeah time management yeah. it is so much more important than I ever realized right um, that's why eventually businesses grow because they it's literally making new positions for people to manage certain things that takes time <laughs> basically just you have to have a lot of people working under you to manage all those moving parts eventually yeah um are you excited about this new client um yeah it's gonna be um good because they don't have anything so it's a double-edged sword because it means that i can help mold their branding right um but on the flip side it's really hard because i am going to have to double down on content creating um it's for an optometrist in costco oh cool and they're independently owned so they don't have like any corporate materials that you know um i could that i could use a lot of people you know they come with like corporate has just a bunch of content but being an independent um, business typically you don't have too much info on yourself (laughs) besides just who works for you Right. But yeah, um seem like really good people and I feel like um I mean I'm introducing them to the to the social media world with their business. So it'll be fun to see um how much I can help it grow. How have they been in business for a while? Twenty one years in Costco. Holy smokes. Yeah. So they're just getting into this. Yeah. Just um yeah. You know, sometimes I think it takes enough people to be like, can I find you on Facebook before people are like, okay, we probably should get a Facebook. (laughs) Right. Um, Oh, yeah. So it's just interesting because with every job I get, I have to learn. So now I have to learn about 
and very eye different. exams and yeah and so yeah I'm pulled in a lot of different directions <laughs> but knowledge is power man knowledge is so much power and uh, eventually I'll have an intern and a little help so I uh I had an ex-girlfriend that worked in an optometrist office so I learned a little bit about eye stuff but it's an interesting field yeah and I mean I told him I was like let's be honest you know like it's not everyone's most exciting topic so every now and then you know we're gonna have to add in some humor or a meme or something but the one gentleman that was in the meeting has a great dane whose name is hank and i was like seriously hank could be your mascot and they like they were like yeah we love that idea i was like hey it doesn't have to involve eyes all the time it can you can add any element you want a lot of it has to to connect with your audience yeah and it has to just a lot of it is just being authentic and you know, transparent and Hank is their dog. One, you know, one of the dogs. Yeah. Like, that is something that's going to connect with people and dog yeah. people and even not dog people. I don't, I don't really know many not dog people. <laughs> yeah. So, and gosh, we live in Bozeman. So we already know how that is around here. I feel like there's two dogs per person. In this. Did you see, sorry, this is a whole change of, subject but there is a uh so right there by you can um it's a new cafe but there's a dog cafe what is it called oh yes i heard about that um yeah like you can go get like gourmet cupcakes with your dog yeah um and they have dog beer and like I can't remember what it's called now, but yeah, like that just is uh, further proving that point. <laughs> Talk about genius, like creating a business. Yeah. I mean, if you watch any like travel channel kind of shows, um, it's insane. Like places in like Japan and, you know, places that are not afraid to do anything. And I know that there's cafes with cats, like, we're talking like hundreds of cats you can go and have tea i don't Jesus. think that sounds pleasant at all but no. it's a thing um tea with cats so, not my not my thing yeah so there i mean i it's not something i've not heard of before but in a small town like bozeman it's definitely interesting because it's so unique you know yeah uh, most places are going to shun you having animals around food Right. But it's but it's dog food, right? It's but I think food. you can get your own stuff too. Oh, okay. So I don't well, know. It, it says it's inside the Tree Tea Cafe. The um, the walls are lined with beers and biscuits for pups, and muffins, cookies, and coffee for humans. Hmm. It's a group effort between Sola Ghost Town, and then the and the Happy Dog Gastro pub beer <laughs> yeah i don't it'd be interesting in the winter it'd be fun for if they had an outdoor place for summer but they do yeah okay but then the winter and you're just inside with a bunch of dogs. i don't know i don't know how you do it 
Well, but I mean, again, like, it's there. I think they're they're not tailoring to everybody. They're tailoring to a specific demographic, which is what's going to make them succeed. Because, like, they don't give a fuck about people who don't have dogs. Right. I'm just worried, like, what is their capacity? You know, how many dogs and humans can you get in there before it's like, you know, crazy? Or, you know, how do you know if the dogs aren't going to fight? Like, all those little precautions yeah i don't know uh a business idea i thought would be really good is like which epic games probably should will do it is like a Fortnite theme park or something like have just a giant Fortnite themed you could do airsoft nerf guns paintballs laser tag just different things because you know it would be huge just like legoland is huge because everybody loves legos well fortnite is becoming so massive if you were to have like a fortnite theme park how many kids do you think are going to drag their parents there yeah and how many parents are going to go because (laughs) there's still a lot of adults that play the game right it is like a the the game is a combination of call of duty and minecraft like you build you shoot you like they they were brilliant in creating it the way they sure. did so but yeah i mean if you were to have like a fortnite theme park that was the other thing that i feel like i want to come up with something in bozeman for kids like even if it were to be like a you can open up just a gaming hub yeah it's just a bunch of gaming systems and people can play like that would be a huge birthday well they have the place in the mall that does virtual reality is it just one virtual reality no they have five stations huh um but i don't know if all the stations can connect or if it's um, each station is its own thing. I, I don't know. Cause I, I've only just walked by, but I mean, that's definitely, you know, um, the next level of an arcade. Yeah. They used to have one in Jackson when I was growing up, I remember we'd go there and they'd have like computers and games and stuff. And uh, I think that that would be pretty pretty awesome yeah for i mean like you just make it like a safe safe area for kids and you'd have like you can have offer some tutoring for so they could make sure their homework is done and it would just be a place where the parents could feel comfortable dropping their kids off after school yeah Yeah. so yeah i don't know there's a million things to do it's just like which one to put the energy into right yeah, and when I was watching that 80s documentary, it was talking about how once TV really found its um, sweet spot, then people started coming out with shows that had really specific demographics. And they were saying that was really a bold move because before they were trying to reach, you know, everyone. everyone. Yeah. Um, why not? <laughs> you know? And then after a while, they were talking about certain shows that very um like a law firm show or something or police show and it was just um 
the way the story was and the characters, it was just kind of more of a specific demographic they were going for. And you'd, and it was just interesting to hear that from an older, um, not older, but like in the past, you know, just comparing it to like social media again now. And it was just interesting to see how they thought that was a bold move, you know, like, oh, you're, you're shrinking down your demographic. Like, why would you do that? But there again, if you, um, if you look at anything like Disney World or anything like that, everything is themed out. Um, right. but they just have multiples, different varieties of, you know, that. But that's how it, it works. You open up a Harry Potter theme, a Lego theme. Um, otherwise, all you have is just a bunch of the same old rides. You know, you can only do so many different rides and stuff before it's all just looking like a normal theme park, right? So right. sometimes when you find that little demographic that will you know hold hold value for a long time it's worth it yeah i think it's definitely about i mean all the success books and things marketing things i've read is like narrowing down your your niche market and the more narrow it is the almost the better you do Mm -hmm. because like too many people try to appeal to everybody and that's just really unhealthy business yeah um that's why some people you know don't like walmart even though it feels like a one-stop shop a lot of people are gonna go to a more specific uh like a meat shop if you will you know they might go do their households at walmart but when it comes to meat they might just go to a meat shop because usually the, the quality- I think walmart also has a pretty pretty uh like niche demographic well they do but there's still a reason like why we have meat shops you know what i mean like we have tons Mm -hmm. of grocery stores but there's still a reason that something like a meat shop can exist and it's because it's you know you feel like you're gonna get the best of the best there because it's honed in on what they do best but when it comes to the, the demographic that um needs an all-in-one then yeah they're gonna go to places like walmart and stuff you know where they they can get everything really cheap and but yeah so um jeff started a new podcast and uh once i have have to check it out um still if you're listening to this congratulations jeff on your new podcast um he asked if i wanted to be which i don't know how if this is not supposed to talk about this if if not whoops (laughs) (laughs) uh but he asked if i wanted to be affiliate or um sponsor somehow and i thought like i gotta listen to the podcast because one, it would be good. So, so this is what's going on in my mind is like whether or not it do I want to just blanketly promote everywhere, you know, because then it does if his demographic of people that are listening to the podcast don't align with my business, it wouldn't make any sense for me to to, to market there because it's like that's not my demographic. And 
Yes, but depending on what the cost is of promoting there, it would almost be like if it were to not cost me anything and I, I don't know how it would work. I'm just, what's going on in my head is like whether or not it's a good investment to market everywhere. That's like that billboard on, um, you know, you put a billboard up on the side of the freeway, everybody's going to see it. It's not like you're marketing to a mm-hmm. niche demographic yeah. of people. Everybody's going to see it. So the more people see it everywhere, hear it everywhere, is that a good thing? Or is the goal to try to narrow down, like, I don't know. I guess it would just come down to how much money it would cost me to promote through that means. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, a business that has, I would say... I would say a business should like 80%. I'm just kind of making this up on the fly. So don't like, <laughs> don't take it at such face value. But maybe like, maybe like <laughs> 80% really honing in on your demographic and 20% testing the waters of different areas to pull more people in. I think that's pretty safe too because like sometimes you think you have an idea of your demographic and it turns out like 45 year old housewives really dig it and you're like whoa didn't know yeah didn't see that coming yeah because you um you hear a lot if you if you're into marketing you'll the stuff that you research or whatever you'll see a a very redundant amount of information saying how you do split testing you, ch- you choose two ads that both have the same end result. Maybe it's to sign you up for something, let's say, and you use one picture and certain content on this one, and then you use a different picture and word it differently on this one, put it out in the world, and you see which ad brought in what you wanted. Um, and so you kind of have to have that 20%, again, just random number, but almost like 20% of wiggle room to test different markets test your marketing differently and put it out somewhere that you know to see if you could be missing out on some other people you don't know because a lot of people think like hey um you have to you have a toy you have to sell it to kids no you have to sell it to the people with the money the the people that are purchasing so a lot of times um you have to think backwards in marketing you know Right. Um, and a lot of times in marketing, you have to take risks. But they can be small. You don't have to, you know, start small. But yeah, it definitely takes money to invest in split testing and stuff like that because you're doubling down on what you're, you know, what you're normally doing. But the end result is what matters most. You, right. You, you do that and you do that and you do that and then you you know, you almost hit the lottery in that sense once you find your demographic. Hmm. I, I, uh, I wonder what that, like, equation of <laughs> how much to mm-hmm. test the waters and how much to dull down, like, what the healthy equation of it would be. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's a good 80-20 is a good way to start. Yeah. 
it's just I think it's just a safe enough percentage of yeah wiggle totally. room <laughs> won't bankrupt you or shut your <laughs> business down hopefully yeah but but yeah so um I guess that's all I gotta say about that yeah I was gonna listen to his podcast and uh and then assess from there I mean there's always negotiating which is you know like you could do affiliate stuff where it's like you get a percentage of any sales that go through that and I mean it's a brand new podcast so who knows how like what the actual following or listener are I mean if there's two people that are listening it wouldn't be wise for me from a business standpoint to dump money into it when like oh yeah I'll sponsor you here's 100 bucks or however much like if it's an affiliate thing where it's like you know I'll pay you a percentage off of any inquiries that come through from that then are not necessarily inquiries but sales that come through there then um yeah I mean I think that that doesn't that wouldn't necessarily hurt because it's business I wouldn't have gotten otherwise right yeah so yeah um I think those are the type of things that I'm going to assess because yeah it's not I don't know could it hurt could it hurt sponsoring it when or as an affiliate if there's no upfront cost um I don't know I mean maybe you don't know until you find out (laughs) yeah I guess that's true so well, well we'll see yeah, I mean, if it if it doesn't work out, you you know you don't you don't really lose. Any, I mean, do you lose anything? If there's nothing to lose, then I'm say yes to life, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, yeah. what uh, what do we need to do? any listeners this is probably super irrelevant to you guys um but deb what is there anything that we need to do to move forward with the discussion we had um about influencers and like i yeah i think i have the notes pulled up here what do we gotta work on we need to come up with numbers yeah, I think it's just basically um, whatever, um, yeah, coming, creating the packages uh, that we don't have to figure out later, like just creating pricing packages with all the bullet list points of um, what the what the client would be getting um, or what the business would be getting and then just just organizing that into little when we go in um, because you can always use the package as a base. Right. And if they add anything else, you just adjust the price. But I think just organizing kind of the packages of what we have for to offer for influencers. And so do we want packages or do we want things that 
when building a website, for example, like there are things that the person with a, you know, $50,000 budget is going to be able to do a significant more with their website than the person with a $2,000 budget. So is it something that we would land the client and then say, okay, this is what we do. Which part do you want? But I still, well, yeah, there still has like, to be like a, what a, can we a starting break cost. Their budget yeah, into? I think there still needs to be a basic package. Um, so, and then from there, so could, you can add on if there's more. Would that be similar to kind of what you do now? Yeah. Like you have a base base that you get paid, right? Yeah. So like um, with like social media, um, it, it's a residual cost each month. But right. the factors can taken into that is how much content I have to create and um, and how often I have to post. So it really comes down to my workload because at the end of the day, posting is the same no matter who's, is, right? The physical act of posting is always the same. Right. Um, and, then, and then you just take into the consideration like my expertise level as well, right? And so those factors... Um, Yes, but I have a base cost that I mentally in my head, I know that, hey, no matter what, I know I'm going to put in this much time, this much effort, regardless of how much content or who they are, right? But, um, but if I'm going to have to really be heavy on the, on the content creation, then I'm, I'm going to up the price. So for something like the influencers, I would say we know that this is the... Um, this is the least amount of work to, to execute a, you know, um, to execute like what we're trying to get at, right? Like here's the least amount of work and, you know, separated into bullet points, like influencer, content creator, whatever it may be. Just knowing that we have, here's, here's how we're gonna benefit your business with this person. Um, and then if we think that, oh yeah, they're gonna need, they have the potential to do a lot more here so maybe we'll add on this, this, and this, and then we'll just figure out. We just need to know, like, the base cost for everything. And then everything can be upped from there if needed to be. Okay. But, yeah, just a base cost for everything just so that we know that if we do have to add on to it, we kind of already have numbers crunched. So we. Well, because I think, yeah, and I mean, even having numbers, though, saying like okay content creators because we can start building a list of um content creators like uh, almost like hiring employees saying you're on the uh the list this is how much it pays you know yeah and i feel like i feel like um there let me see if i can bring up the notes yeah so we kind of started on some like an hourly rate yeah, for content creators but yeah, filling... pay. yeah i see that so all right i'll go through all this too and we'll uh we'll i'll, I'll kind of adjust this as well um maybe i don't know if i can change the color so that you know it's me oh i don't mind Okay, but um, 
yeah, I think one one thing that Sophie, <laughs> one thing that um, like lots of of people that I'm listening to, business people and podcasts and stuff, like everybody is is anticipating a you know a uh, economic crash soon. Yeah, and I think that that is going to be. When that happens, that's going to be a huge opportunity for a lot of these things, especially because what we're going to be offering is essentially, it's like killing myself because I charge, you know, 175 an hour to do something that we're going to offer somebody else for way less. Yeah. <laughs> and consistently. But the point is, is we'll be you know, it'll be very strategic for them. And the other thing that that book, the for our work week talks about is building a business that isn't next by you. Meaning like if you decided to leave, you personally, if you left on vacation for two months, would your business continue to run or would it be me personally right now yeah (laughs) oh no it'd be in shambles exactly so it's like that's what we got to kind of work towards and work at building a business that isn't necessarily relied on whether or not we're there or you know if you get sick your doors are closed yeah and i think that we can we can do that that's what's cool about this model that we're working on is you know, this will provide things can still run and we can leave. We don't need mm-hmm. to be there every second. And that's that's what I would like because that's part of the lifestyle design is I don't I don't want my business to stop my income to stop if I decide to enjoy my life. Yeah. That's not that's not at all what I want. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. So yeah, I mean, um, and I, I thought a lot about this over the, the last two weeks, too, because I had, I had some inquiries, and I had, like, I, my, my income has pretty much stopped unless I go and get more jobs or gigs, and, like, I can't even do a whole lot with my leg right now. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's the time to to do the organizing stuff that you don't (laughs) have time for otherwise yeah just figuring out how to it's the lifestyle design yeah so all righty well well real quick i will end with an app and it will tie uh it'll tie everything hopefully together it is a app for time management (laughs) um but basically um it's more about tracking how much time you're spending on a project. Cool. Um, and it's free for the first 30 days to try it out. It's called Harvest. And um, it's free for one person um, to start off with or, or for unlimited It's 12 bucks a month, but you can, you can use it for free for a while too, if you don't have much going on. 
And yeah. anyways, yeah, just a good way for anybody that's in the creative field that's trying to um, track how long they're working on anything and be able, to, and then you can um, turn it into an invoice when you're done if you want to as well. But um, the fact that it's free and it, it can also integrate with like QuickBooks or Asana or all these other task management programs. So, so I actually just received a uh, Cyber Monday email from QuickBooks, and they have their own version, it sounds like, that's similar, called T-Sheets. And like, like drinking tea? Just tea, the letter T. Oh, okay. T-Sheets, like time sheets. Oh. It tracks time anywhere for faster, more accurate payroll and invoicing. Oh, okay. So it sounds like something very similar. Yeah. And uh, you can try it for free as well. And it's 50% off for the first three months uh, Cyber Monday. So, and we'll, we'll launch this episode today. So that means right now, folks, <laughs> and this get... is not sponsored by Harvest or QuickBooks. I right. get charged my or full amount for QuickBooks. Yeah, um, so just a reminder that stuff like that is out there um, for creatives or anybody that just needs a little tool to, yeah. help, to help them along. But all you have to do is then remember to press start and stop. <laughs> so here's a little hack that I am starting to get better at is putting all of your uh most important apps on the first screen and everything else that you is like a distraction or you don't want to to interrupt put it on the other screens so put all of your important apps something like timesheet or because every time you open your phone that's going to be the first thing that you see that and then the other apps that you use consistently put them all on the front yeah, that's brilliant. Your iPhone or Android, if you're one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it could work for sure. So, cool. Well, thanks right. for uh, thanks for listening, folks. Yes, thank you. Remember, I just called you guys, folks. Remember, design and marketing from the Logo Studio. <laughs> <laughs> that's my plug. So, yeah, Deb is uh, at the Logo Studio. And on Facebook, is it at Logo Studio? Yeah, the Logo Studio, yep. The Logo Studio. Uh, I'm pretty much everywhere at Jessup11. If you just type in at Jessup11, things pop up everywhere. Um, J-U-S-U-P-1-1. Bliss is Experience Bliss. The L-Y-S-S. Other than that, thank you guys for listening and uh, yeah. leave a comment and whatever you're listening to this on. We'd love to hear some feedback because apparently there's like 150 listeners and I didn't realize that there's people listening. Oh, hello, <laughs> listeners. Thank you. So, yeah, thank you guys. Especially All if right. you made it this far. So Yeah, till next time. We'll see ya. Bye. Bye.